the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, take a look at the market. I think the story of the day is oil. Uh, you see oil up 4%, 45 bucks a barrel. Some of it's being blamed on the wildfire in Canada. Um, in the end, wildfires tend to get put out. So that move wouldn't be long-term. move is also being fed by thoughts that production restraint. You know, again, when you have a Canadian oil sands town, Fort McMurray, which has forced evacuation of the entire city, and some headlines pointing to Iran's purported willingness to agree with quota targets once it achieves its pre-sanctions level of producing close to 4 million barrels a day, um, you kind of see, okay, maybe, okay, sanctions, um, quotas, quotas would be bad. So some early gains in likes of Tesla, Alibaba, Kraft Heinz, Merck, uh, Alibaba, Tesla gave it back up. Uh, taking a look out at China, because China's been in the news lately. They came out with a manufacturing index that dipped from the prior month and shows deceleration of growth, but still shows a little bit of growth. The Challenger Job Cuts report revealed 250,000 job cut announcements from January to April. That's the highest total since 2009. On a related note, today we got the initial filings for first-time unemployment. You've been fired. Go collect unemployment. They remained uh, below 300,000 for the 61st straight week. Stunning. Um, the number of people unemployed in the United States is it's, it's good. It's not great. It's good. Um, notwithstanding the jump in initial claims, again, from a lower level of uh, one of the best numbers of the year, so it's it's not as good, but it's good. The employment picture's going to round in a better shape tomorrow as we get the release of the employment situation report for April. The ADP employer change number yesterday was a disappointment. 
and probably tempered a little bit of expectations of uh, the non-farm payrolls gains. So again, tomorrow is the bigger day for economic data because it's employment numbers. Even though those employment numbers are a little, I'm not going to say make-believe, but no one really trusts government data on the whole. So you kind of look at it and you go, okay, I get it. But you don't trust it on the whole. Other stories of note today. Can GoPro make a comeback? That's a big question. Stock has plunged 35% this year. It's down 75% over the last 12 months. Um, Warren Buffett typically says turnarounds typically don't turn. Uh, GoPro mishandled the release of its Hero Session camera, which was billed as the smallest, lightest, and most convenient product. The camera didn't sell well. Price of it had to be slashed. GoPro doesn't have any many allies left. 30% of the company's stock is currently sold short. Uh, so a lot of people think it's going to go down. Michael Pachter of Wedbush is is bullish on GoPro, though. He sees a $13 target. Uh, given the company's history of innovation, he thinks he's willing to give GoPro the benefit of the doubt. That's a tough one. The benefit of the doubt. Like, let's go to Vegas. And I say, let me borrow $1,000. Or let me have $1,000. I could turn it into 2000 Not let me borrow, but let me have 1000 Are you going to give me the benefit of the doubt? When the house always wins. If you're smart, you don't. Give me the benefit of the doubt. Although I'm pretty good at single-hand blackjack. Uh, Single-deck blackjack. With that said, uh, I don't know if you give a benefit of the doubt to a company that's struggling. So GoPro's got an upcoming drone, which will probably be cool. A friend of mine named Jasmine, I know you're saying, you've got a friend named Jasmine? Does she dance for a living? No. Um, her and her boyfriend just recently got drones on a Saturday and did a lot of research on it and uh, flew drones all day on a Saturday, Sunday, and edited music to it and posted the videos. It looked like fun. It looked like a, a fun date. So the drone market's a little crowded, though. So GoPro's going to come out with one, and, you know, uh, we expect it to do well. So as far as, like, cool but can they make money with it, with the market being so crowded already? I don't know if you've run, like, a road race recently, you know, like a 10K. A lot of drones, a lot of drones in that business. So most analysts aren't buyers of GoPro at this point in time. Um, the camera category is just, you know, crowded. A recent survey of teenagers showed a slip in camera ownership. Um... So GoPro, I'm not counting on it. So it's got debt on its balance sheet. So uh, it has, has no debt on its balance sheet. Excuse me. They came public and they didn't have any debt. So I remember that now correctly. So it's trading about one-time sales, which there's something called a price-to-sales ratio. And different companies will, will command different, you know, premiums. Um, software, for instance, sometimes can trade at four times sales. Uh Internet, which is you know beyond software as far as margins go, can trade at eight times sales. Hardware, typically about two times sales. So with that out there, don't know. Um, Tesla and Elon Musk today, massive pre-orders of Model 3 that was unveiled in March, some 400,000, 
have compelled Tesla to change their plan. For years and years and years, Tesla has been saying they want to deliver 500,000 vehicles per year by 2020. But now they want to hit that 500,000 mark by 2018, two years ahead of schedule. It's the biggest strategic change that Tesla is making, increasing production. Five-fold over the next two years will be challenging. It's likely going to require some additional capital, but this is our goal, and we'll be working hard to achieve it. What that phrase means, additional capital, means we're going to have to raise money and we're going to dilute shareholders. So wait until that happens, because raising capital, typically if you go from you know, 100 shares to 110 shares, you just diluted the guys who own 100. Yeah, you got cash from the 10, but I don't like, I, I, I'm not going to say I don't like, but I'd rather you do it when your stock's at an all-time high than when it's struggling. Tesla's managed to build and deliver a maximum of about 50,000 vehicles in a single year. And, again, that's what Ford F-150s basically make in a month. Uh, Tesla's sticking to its 80 to 90,000 delivery guidance. But it's clear the Model 3 has significantly altered Tesla's planning for the future. Musk will evidently take personal responsibility for upping Tesla's production pace. He said that he has a desk at the end of the production line at Tesla's factory in Fremont. And he also, you know, keeps a sleeping bag there. I don't know about that. <laughs> so... Um, he's trying to, he's held bent, to say the least. YouTube hopes to stream TV channels in 2017. So they're talking with NBC, Viacom, CBS, 21st Century Fox, uh, Comcast, all about getting TV shows so they could do a skinny bundle, much like the way Apple is doing a skinny, well, not Apple, but uh, Netflix kind of on a level. Uh, Dish Networks has their sling network that they're trying to do. Um... Time Warner has HBO Go, which is pretty skinny. So I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. YouTube's trying to put together a bundle of TV packages. Um, Apple got really close last year, it was thought, but then CBS couldn't get a licensing deal done with them. So uh, Apple said, you know what, we need them all or we need none. And uh, they've shelved it for a while. Will they come back to it? They will. So in Apple's last conference call, they hinted at, you know, it, by the way, they worded one of their phrases on Apple Music. Apple Music is a subscription service. And they referred to Apple Music as our first subscription service. So they're lining something up for a second one. I was thinking about Apple yesterday. 
and they're kind of a lot of companies have gotten into trouble when they do a super big office. It's kind of like Rome. As soon as they got to the big, super big spectacles, it started to fall, right? Um, Nokia had a super big office built, and then they fell. So Apple's running out of parking spaces. So if you drop by Infinite Loop headquarters, you'll find the place stretched beyond capacity. Even the valets who double and triple park the Teslas and Porsches. Um, it's tough to find spots. So people at Apple speak longingly of the company's new campus. It's the Steve Jobs $5 billion circular glass dream, which is scheduled to open next year. <clears throat> the spaceship, as it's called, is almost ready. Apple's going to slip the, um, into it. Uh, will it be the sign of the fall? So um, three months ago, I think people started to become a little too gloomy on Apple. Their profits remain the envy of the corporate world. They account for 40% of all technology profits overall. So iPhone users are unlikely to switch to Android. Apple's short-term future looks okay. Um, but, you know, several analysts over the last couple of weeks have said, you know, uh, we see problems, and some of it's tied towards the CEO, Tim Cook and Apple's relationship in China. So Apple needs to be bold. When you take a look at <clears throat> Amazon, they came out with a horrific smartphone. Horrific. It somehow used a 3D hologram in it. I say somehow because I never saw one of the phones actually myself. I saw the, you know, the demonstrations on YouTube, but never saw the phone itself. But... So Amazon failed there miserably, right? But I think they've done pretty well with their Alexa product, which is a wireless speaker, and they're continuing to put resources into it. Apple needs kind of that freewheeling attitude. We're not seeing anything awesome coming out of Apple at this point in time. You know, the Amazon Echo, that voice recognizing household computer, it's morphed from an odd gimmick into a useful and groundbreaking example of the future of computing. It seems no accident to me that Echo, like Amazon's successful cloud business and its prime subscription service, both unlikely ideas were birthed from a company whose CEO has embraced risk and failure. It doesn't feel like Tim Cook has taken much risk at Apple these days. Uh, sure, they're spending more money than uh, uh, competitors make, spending more money on R&D. So... Um, Siri was one of the earliest voice recognition technologies released to the public. It wasn't perfect when it came out, and there have been very slow improvements to it. I'm not impressed with it. Um, today's Siri is vastly more powerful than yesterday's, but it still feels missed. Um, so Apple Music, a subscription music service that offered no great improvements over competing rivals like Spotify, very late to the market and not as pleasant to use as rivals. So Apple has, you know, snapped up 13 million subscribers who pay $120, million, $120 a year. So they got into it a little late and not as beautifully as they could have. So that's a $2 billion business, and it didn't exist last year. So you give Apple some credit, and they need to fix some of the problems with Apple Music, clean up its interface, add some handy features, clean up uh, its uh, syncing capabilities, because there was a lot of people who had problems where they 
you know, had ripped CDs that they put into Apple Music, and then all that music disappeared when they quit Apple Music. It's like, no, I don't want to rip all those CDs again, or they, you know, threw them away or whatever. So, and uh, Apple, I think you're going to see them, they have to buy someone soon, because uh, they've got so much cash. When you got $200 billion plus, you got too much cash. Um, I think a one-time dividend would be awesome, because I own shares, but <laughs> with that said, uh, they got to do something with all that cash. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Discovery Communications, uh, they're a, a network. They had a nice quarter, profit of $0.42, cents, revenue in line with the forecast. Company cited strong viewership on a variety of platforms. Fitbit came in $0.07 cents a share above expectations. Fitbit's a tough one for me. Um, I just don't see it. So I see the company that's going to have to increase spending and try to keep up with Apple. So investors may be disappointed in Fitbit's lowered outlook due to increased spending. Growth is driven by new products. New products takes a lot of money to develop. So Fitbit's down 12% today. They beat earnings expectations, but they had a a miss on their next quarterly outlook. So because they got into it again before Apple did, they've got a lead. Uh, Fitbit's new Blaze, which is a smartwatch-like device, and Alta, which is a new fitness tracker, make up 47% of the company's revenue. And they were both just launched. So it tells you, like, whoa. Uh, The launch of those devices has marked an improved and important milestone for the company as far as customers upgrading their, their fitness devices. Fitbit reported that 40% of Alt and Blaze consumer activations were by people who currently have or previously owned a Fitbit device. Competition with technology giant Apple is, like I said, it's going to be tough to maintain. They're going to roll out more features, you know, caller ID and text messaging notifications, uh, which Apple already has. So you can anticipate that the device is going to get smarter over time for sure. So, uh, mobile payments, always in the news. And I was reading an article in the New York Times, which is pretty funny, talking about how restaurants and waiters are just going crazy because the new credit cards have the chip technology. And it takes probably 10 seconds, it feels like, to, to process, of which Visa's rolling out a software upgrade, so it'll take less. Um, <laughs> talking about waiters just, like, waiting 10 seconds, and, like, it feels like their life is passing them. That's what the society we live in. Ten seconds is huge. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about, financially speaking, so to say. It could even be about love. I'm not saying that'll be your love doctor, but there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens uh, in the name of love and tied towards relationships and disinheriting children and things along those lines. I know you're saying, disinheriting children? Sounds horrible. I know. It, uh... There's some pretty horrible stuff that happens out there, and um, like I said, a lot of it has to do with money. So what will happen after we die? Sometimes one spouse outlives the other, of course, and they change their course. Uh, I was recently reading about a 50-year-old woman who's terminally ill, and her husband has said he's not sure if he's going to include her son in his will. He said he may leave everything to his children. He may be inheriting property, which brings a very generous annual income. And she feels, again, she's dying, that, you know, her son should be included. A lot of assets were gained during the course of the marriage. And um, with exception to, you know, things that came before the marriage, uh, how does this play? play? You know, California is a community property state. So... Uh, it's interesting that the husband's being that kind of honest, seeing that he doesn't have to be. On the other hand, um, the husband's reluctance to leave, you know, money, it's an unwelcome development, but it, it just goes to show you that, again that you really have to talk about money. And yeah, you should probably see an estate planning attorney in a scenario like that. Um, ethically speaking, Husband's free to leave his assets to his children alone. You know, same principle would apply to you know the terminally ill person. So, uh, but an estate planning attorney might be able to help you know figure out what was joint during the marriage that can be left. Uh, but a lot of times, because the spouse inherits the surviving spouse inherits the, the passing spouse's assets, it can create kind of turmoil in this 21st century where. Second marriages are pretty common, and second marriages with kids are, are more than common. Tesla reported a lower than expected uh, loss. Lower than expected loss. I think that's the right way of saying that. Um, and it's worthy of note that you know Tesla's uh, in the news. So they've got a rocky financial road. But it's been smoothed a little bit. Revenue was $1.1 billion. Not bad. <clears throat> An improvement over, you know, a year ago quarter figure of $939 million. So uh, Tesla is trying to show the world, like, guess what? We're going to be able to manufacture all the cars that we, calls, bleh, cars that we got orders for. Uh, Tesla's progress towards profitability has been stymied of late by comparatively low volume sales. It shipped 50,000 cars in 2015 which is about the total number of F-150 Ford pickup trucks that sell each month. Um, some issues with rear seats have uh, plagued him, of course. Um, Musk said he's given his team, as well as any outside suppliers, a July 1, 2017 deadline to begin production of the higher-volume Model 3 sedan, although he added that the date was impossible and more likely optimistic by a few months. Uh, Tesla plans to keep outside suppliers to a minimum, he said, in order to be able to cut down on the possibility of missed parts, delivery deadlines, and slowing production. So, um, pretty cool company, but investing in it, you have to have some, you know, 
pretty brave uh, plays with your money. Stock is down about 4% today. Uh, Alibaba surging. So Alibaba is the Chinese Amazon. Kind of. <laughs> That's the best way to explain it. And yeah, the kind of goes with that as well. Uh, Tesla got a, not Tesla, but Alibaba uh, reported a miss on profit, but revenue blew past expectations, rising 39%, which is unbelievable, to $3.7 billion. More shoppers flocked to its platforms, and they saw a big jump in its cloud business. So literally, I'm not going to say literally, but Alibaba is kind of copying uh, Amazon's business model to a T. Fitbit posted stronger than expected earnings and revenue for the first three months of the year, with sales soaring 50% from a year ago. The company provided a weaker than expected forecast for the current quarter as it continues to increase spending on R&D as well as marketing new products. I don't see how they compete with Apple over time. Uh, they just won't have that kind of cash to compete in R&D, and or she won't, they won't have that kind of cash to compete in marketing. Uh, they could be a cute niche. And maybe they get acquired uh, by someone like a Google who kind of wants to play a little catch-up with Apple in wearables. But I just don't see it. So, Jobless claims. The number of Americans filing for unemployment benefits rose more than expected last week, posting the biggest gain in more than a year. The underlying trend continues to point to a strengthening labor market. Tomorrow is the first Friday of the month, and we get first time uh, we get... Our, our jobs numbers, and uh, you know, combine that with yesterday's job creation numbers from ADP, we should see a decent number tomorrow. Again, we're kind of not stall, but we're not really. Uh, it won't be a glorious number. It won't be an awful number tomorrow. So eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. So back to Elon Musk. He wants to hit 500,000 cars manufactured by 2018, which is two years ahead of schedule. That's a pretty gutsy call. In theory, he's hell-bent on it. Oil above 45 bucks. Have you seen that Canadian wildfire? Crazy. Uh, devastating wildfire. It's emptied a Canadian town of some 80,000 people. 80,000 people. Not small, right? Uh, wildfires already destroyed some 1,600 structures and driven out the population of the town of Fort McMurray. It's the largest in the Canadian history as far as big fires go. And oil prices are moving higher because of it. We do like Canadian oil, Canadian women, and Canadian hockey. Canadian beer, eh, not so much. Good day, eh? Take off, you hosers. YouTube is getting into that busy world of, yeah, we we want to offer a TV service. So they've been in licensing talks with Comcast, with NBC Universal, Viacom, CBS, 21st Century Fox. Hasn't cut a deal yet, but obviously they do want to get into that world. So the skinny bundle world, as it's being lovingly referred to. Ford's plopping down $182 million in Silicon Valley, um, trying to buy their way into technology. Ford said it's investing $182 million. Um, It's in a financing package for Pivotal. It also includes funding from Microsoft, GE, EMC, and VMware. 
it shows you that money hasn't totally dried up in Silicon Valley. You know, I think it was what yesterday we learned that Google and Fiat had said, we, let's make a partnership. Pivotal, um, obviously, is tied towards autonomous vehicles, which was why Ford is involved in the story. You know, people want closer relationships, or car companies want closer relationships with um, companies that can, you know, provide mapping and cloud platform technology. So this is going to provide for the opportunity to get into cloud-based services, which again just kind of starts going car, cloud technology, car, drive, cloud technology. Yeah, the car is the ultimate mobile platform. So you think it's the phone, it's the car. We spend a lot of times in our vehicles. Ford is in the early stages of developing what's called Ford Pass, which is a free service that allows customers to access features of their vehicle from a smartphone and to reserve parking, pay for transportation, costs of pay their bills. So, you know, uh, a lot of people want the idea of, hey, use your phone to pay at the pump. Don't even whip out a credit card. Just use your phone. Ford wants it so that the credit card's built into your car. Okay. Uh, no winner yesterday in the Powerball. Now we march to $415 million. $348 million wasn't enough to interest me in. $415 be enough. You know, I'm not going to play just to play. I have to have, it has to be worth my time. So odds of winning the top prize, 1 in 292 million. Realistic odds of you winning, not very good. Realistic odds of someone in Georgia who lives in a trailer park who has three teeth winning, they're probably a little higher up in the odds of winning. I guess you could say that's where uh, life plays its cruel joke. Americans collecting unemployment checks, lowest since the end of the Clinton era. Initial jobless claims um, come out on Thursdays. Number of Americans collecting unemployment benefits fell in late April to nearly a 16-year bottom. Some 2.12 million people collected weekly unemployment benefits known as continuing claims. In the seven days, it stretched from April 17th to April 23rd. Um, the last time fewer Americans were collecting unemployment checks was in November 2000, shortly before Bill Clinton exited the White House. So um, that's good for our labor market. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. I think some really good news out there today is Americans collecting unemployment checks, um, lowest since the end of the Clinton presidency. Number of Americans hit 2.12 million. Now, that's known as continuing claims, and continuing claims mean you've been out of work for a long time. And that that's not good because the longer you're out of work, the more your financial resources drain, right? You can imagine that. Um, I have a brother who took money out of the market in late nine in the early nineties, and he never got back in. Um, I know some people who lose their job and they take money out of their four hundred and one k, not realizing they're going to get a penalty as well as taxes on it. It's not a piggy bank. It's it's a piggy bank in retirement. It's not a piggy bank in your working years. So just know that. I think that's really super important. I think one of the best things you could also do is uh, try not to be long-term unemployed, of course, because you only have a chance to work from age 20 to 60, and ultimately that's kind of a rough, right? Um, security guard downstairs, uh, he's probably 75. Nicest guy on the planet. Um, don't know if he's doing it for work. Don't know if he's doing it for uh, cash. Um, but it's good. Walmart's bringing back their door greeters. I don't think I'd ever want to be a door greeter. But I would be a security guard at 70, 75 if it got me out of the house, if you know what I'm saying. I don't have any problem with that. So... Um, I think there's a huge retirement penalty for being a mom. So as Mother's Day approaches, families are busy buying flowers or booking a brunch. Uh, 401ks are nobody's first topic on Mother's Day. I think to a child, the word mother is basically tantamount to the word God. Um, But when you're raising kids, you face a higher degree of difficulty of putting away money. And that's unfortunate. Moms generally earn less. It's a pretty well-known fact that women get paid about 79 cents for every dollar a man earns. Women are nine times more likely than men to work part-time or stay at home because of caregiving responsibilities, not only to their children, but to the dad's parent, her husband's parents, as well as her own parents. Um, men, Women are nine times more likely than men to work part-time. That's crazy. Uh, because of those career interruptions, they lo- they earn a lot less, and Social Security is tied towards how many years you work and how much did you get paid and how much did you pay into the system, essentially. Since mothers generally earn less, they have fewer dollars available for retirement. Right now, the median 401k for a woman is $24,446. For a man, it's 36875 So think about this when you're seeing your mom this weekend. And tell her that you love her and tell her a cute story about when you were growing up. My mother's very, very Southern. And uh, I think Southern people have, obviously, different sensibilities. I think we all get different sensibilities depending on what part of the country we grew up in, where we grew up. Um, My mom oftentimes told me, you know, uh, when it came to paying for college, she goes, I don't know you anything. 
I used to wipe poo-poo and pee-pee off your uh, genitals. Otherwise, they would have fallen off. I'm like, fair enough. Fair enough, Mom, fair enough. And, you know, of course, my parents helped all the, uh, my brothers and sisters to go to, go to college. Uh, whether we got scholarships or not, you know, we got, you know, money for pizzas and things like that. So, uh, great mom. So when you're telling, you know, these stories, don't forget, uh, women have longer retirements than men do too. So not only do they earn less, not only do they get less from social security, but women, their average age now is 87 versus 84 for men. So that means you have to have three more years of money. Which means you have to have another hundred eighty thousand dollars. Essentially, if you're going to pay yourself sixty, or you know, pay yourself forty, you need an extra hundred twenty, right? So, be good to mom. Is my advice there? Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Tesla's in the news today because they reported another quarterly loss. It's a lot. Um, sometimes you'll just see the loss per share, and you'll go, "Oh, what's forty three cents?" Um, they're not earning money. Their stock's down about seven bucks today, down about three and a half percent. One of the things that should scare shareholders is that Elon Musk wasn't lying when he said, you know, we've got a good problem on our hands. Uh, Four hundred thousand people have pre-ordered a Model Three car. That's a lot. Musk needs to up production aggressively because the maximum number of cars built in a year so far has been 50,000. He's got a desk at the end of the production line in Fremont that also has a sleeping bag there. Um, I find that cute. I don't find that intelligent, but cute. So if the best he's ever done is 50,000 vehicles, and he's got an order for 400,000, there's either going to be a lot of disappointed Users in two years, purchasers, buyers. There's maybe going to be some lawsuits. Uh, he said, quote, increasing production fivefold over the next two years will be challenging and will likely require some additional capital. That phrase right there, additional capital, is, should scare you. I mean, this company is going to increase the number of shares outstanding. When do they announce this? Uh, that's when the stock will take a hit, and then it'll be interesting to see where it, where it is, um, because it's a story stock. It's not a fundamental stock. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.